Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied unto you from your Lord and from your Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text chosen for our meditation this morning is found written in the book of Jeremiah, the 26th chapter, beginning with verse 24. There was another man who prophesied in the name of the Lord, Uriah, the son of Shemaiah, Kershaw, Jerem. He prophesied against the city, against the land, in words like those of Jeremiah. And the king, and when the king Jehoiakim, with all of his warriors and all of his officials, heard his words, the king sought to put him to death. But when Uriah heard of it, he was afraid, and he fled and escaped to Egypt. Then Jehoiakim sent to Egypt certain, certain men, Elthna, the son of Ekbor, and others with him. And they took Uriah from Egypt and brought him to King Jehoiakim, who struck him down with a sword and dumped his dead body into the burial place of the common people. But the hand of Hikam, the son of Shamban, was with Jeremiah, so that he was not given over to the people to be put to death. This is the word of the Lord. In the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, your Christian friends. Last week, I had as our text or as our theme what the pastor owes God's people. And now this week, we're going to talk about what God's people owe their pastor. In his book, Being Holy and Being Human, Jay Kessler writes, ministers out there are dying because the congregation expects them to walk on water. If you were in Wisconsin, you could do that in the winter. One pastor says, I feel like a cow that's been milked too many times. You see, there's a crisis with ministers today. Pastors are leaving the ministry in record numbers. This is due to retirement or death in the office, resignations, because they just couldn't take it anymore. Very few individuals consider studying to become a minister, becoming a pastor. The most disturbing trend is that pastors' sons are entering the ministry in fewer and fewer numbers. In my family, my father was a pastor as well as my two other brothers. I was a latecomer. I recognized, even as a boy, the treatment that my, my father was experiencing. And I thought, if this is the way a congregation treats a pastor, I don't want to be one. But God had different ideas. You see, they see a pressure, they see abuse, the lack of respect, in regards to their dad's receiving, and they conclude it's not worth it. As I said, last Sunday, we looked at what a pastor owes people today. And today, we are going to look at what God's people owe their pastor. And this is not, believe it or not, the easiest to preach on. But it's in the Bible and in catechism, so here it goes. You see, in our text, Jeremiah often is referred to as that weeping prophet. 
God assigned him the task of telling the people of Jerusalem that God planned to wipe out their city and send them into captivity. And you can imagine the people hated him for that message. They constantly threatened him, and they imprisoned him, and they even put Jeremiah in in an abandoned well in a mud hole to die. And today's reading from Jeremiah 26, we heard that another prophet also spoke against Jerusalem. And when that man heard how King Jehoiakim wanted to put him to death, he ran off to Egypt. But the king sent his agents to track him down and to bring him back to Israel. And Jehoiakim butchered him and threw his body in a pit. Now that was the very time then Jeremiah was in prison. But the last verse of chapter 26 says, Hikim, the son of Saphon, supported Jeremiah. And so he, Jeremiah, was not handed over to the people to be put to death. All it took for God to rescue his servant Jeremiah was one godly person. Today, you may be the key to strengthening or even rescuing someone's ministry. This morning, we're going to look at a number of Scripture passages that teach what we can do to support our pastors the way Ahikam supported Jeremiah. And God's Word makes it very clear that we should care for our pastor as, as God cares for us through, through them. St. Paul says in 2 Thessalonians 3, Pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored, just as it was for you. And pray that we may be delivered from the wicked and evil men, for not everyone has faith. Above all else, God's heart is that you pray for your pastors. And there are two kinds of prayers to support your pastor's need. One is for power, and the other is, believe it or not, for protection. You see, pastors need you to pray that God would bless their their preaching and teaching and their ministry work. Ask God to help him understand that word as he prepares his messages each week. Ask God to help the pastor apply law so that it cuts to the depths of people's hearts and implore him to assist the pastor in sharing the sweet news of the gospel, the sweet message of cleansing, the sweet message of the forgiveness of sins, and the sweet message of peace and life in Jesus. And then ask God to bless the application of the word to the people's lives. And so God in his word will be honored. Secondly, pastors need your prayers not just for power in preaching, but also for protection. Remember Paul's words, little strange words. And pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, for not everyone has faith. Friends, 
Spiritual welfare, warfare is real. And there are evil people who target pastors. Some pastors resign from their ministry due to the pressures brought, them, brought to them by predatory members of their own congregation. But God is eager to hear our prayers for our pastors, just as he is always eager to hear the prayers that, that they bring for us. And because Jesus Christ on the cross reconciled us to God, our sins no longer prevents the Heavenly Father from hearing our prayers. Our sins no longer stand as a barrier between us and God. Thus, when we raise our prayers on behalf of our pastors, God will, he promised, always to hear and to answer. And rest assured, your pastor prays for you. And rest assured, you too always are always receiving God's best for Jesus' sake. So above all else, the Holy Spirit would have us offer up prayers to support our pastors. In addition, we owe pastors physical support. Listen again to what Paul says to Timothy. The elders, or another name was for pastors, who direct the affairs of the church are worthy of double honor, especially those who work in preaching and teaching. God's people are to make sure that the pastor receives financial support. On the one hand, Paul tells the pastor not to be a lover of money. But on the other hand, here, in, if you look at 1 Timothy 5.18, Paul writes, For the Scripture says, Do not muzzle the ox which is treading out the grain. You see, in Jesus' day, the farmers, they didn't have a threshing machine or a combine. But in Jesus' day, farmers laid their grain on their threshing floor. And then they used oxen tethered to a post in the middle of the area, and the, and the uh, oxen walked around and around, crushing the wheat. And along when they were doing that, they were allowed to eat as they worked. And so Paul adds the quote that Jesus said in Luke 10, 7, the worker deserves his wages. You see, physical support, just like prayer support, is something a congregation owes its pastor. Just as with answers to prayer, God himself is really the giver. What more? He gives it from the very same person, the reconciled Christ earned between God and man on the cross. Had Jesus not removed the sins that separated us from God, none of us would have any good thing. Not income, not a place to live, food to eat, clothes to wear. Pastors wouldn't be the only ones starving. But because Christ reckons, of Christ's reconciling death, God now provides. For pastors, he provides physical support through you. Some of you, maybe most of you, 
uh, attended our Advent service last week. And after our Advent service, we had a voters meeting and we heard a disturbing report from our church treasurer, Terry. And in her report that she indicated that only 45 households have turned in their commitment cards. And of those 30, 45 households, we found a, a, a commitments total over $210,000. And we praise God for their love shown there. But on the sad note, 175 households have not yet made a commitment to the Lord for 2021. Which, leaving, which is leaving us about $190,000 short of making our budget. If you do the numbers, 20% of our congregation is participating in this endeavor and 80% is not. You see, this year we received a generous gift from a member, over $120,000 for calling a new pastor. But what about next year? How can we as a congregation do the work that God has given us to do when our budget is so short? And I know I am preaching to the choir. You know, it's when that happened that the staff took a, a hit, quite a hit, and the so the congregation could continue operating. And that's not fair, as you know, to say the least. Because, and then our ministry programs were put on hold because of our financial situation. You see, we as people need to realize that we should encourage each other for one reason or another and, and witness to those people who are perhaps not coming to church or not worshiping and supporting God's ministry. And we need to pray that the Holy Spirit might move us to greater love and service for our Lord who gave us his all so that we might have that hope and that assurance of spending an eternity with him in heaven. And what greater love can we give to our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ is to be faithful servants and support the work that the pastor is called by God to do. You see, God's Word teaches us that we owe our pastors prayer support, physical support, and thirdly, personal support. And Paul again says, Now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. You can respect your pastor and support him personally by guarding his fame and his reputation. And Paul again continues, do not entertain an accusation against an elder or a pastor unless it's brought by two or three witnesses. Can pastors sin? Yes, they can. In fact, Satan works harder on pastors than he does on anyone else, it seems, because if he gets the pastor to fall, it affects many people. And nevertheless, don't be so quick to gossip what you hear about the pastor, perhaps. You know, there's always some people who don't appreciate the pastor's ministry and who want to damage it. So Paul encourages us because of restraint, because of the pastor's reputation is precious. 
Scripture says, obey your leaders and submit to their authority. And this is a Greek word for obey means to be persuaded by and to trust. So in other words, we are to obey not by being blindly loyal to a pastor, but because he brings you the word of God. So God's people should be inclined to trust their pastors. You're to want to be supportive. You should want to initiate or imitate, I should say, their faith. And you ought to be happy to comply with their instruction and encouragement. Basically, then, the word shares that pastors make mistakes and are never to lord it over the sheep, and yet the flock should follow their leadership. And where those two truths are working, It's a very beautiful thing. Amen.